0: It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather and traffic. 1290 and 957 WHIO. Dayton's news and talk.
1: And we're back. This is Dr. Van Merkel, and we're listening to a little of Van Halen. Wow, yes, get out and jump. That would be a good thing to do. Jump, jump, jump. Get a little get a little live, liveliness in your step there. Have some fun. And uh, yes, that's what we're talking about. Get busy. Get your body moving. The, the, uh, here's something I've said years ago and is still true today. The slower you walk, the faster you die. When you see people just shuffling along, but the more sprightly you are, the quicker you walk. Get the body moving. The more you move, the longer you're going to live slower you walk the faster you die. If you're if you're getting to the point where you're needing a walker or a wheelchair? Yeah, you're heading in that direction. You're heading in that direction. Okay. Okay, okay. I know we got just a couple minutes here to go and uh before the uh oh, oh uh, Number to call 457-1290 if you got some uh, uh, something you'd like to talk about about health today. We're going to talk about the flu, should you get the flu shot, and uh, we're going to go uh, touch just a little bit about these uh, COVID vaccine shots and uh, um, well, after the break, we're going to talk about vision and things you can do for your vision, but just some quick things here. Uh, now the COVID-19 they're, they're blasting all over. Yeah. Get your COVID-19 shot, but here's some things that just, just on their own, make me think what the FDA and Pfizer attempted to hide the COVID-19 shot clinical trial data for 75 years. Yeah, they tried to hide the data for 75 years. Now, if this vaccine is so good for us and so good with no side effects, no complications, no adverse effects at all, but it helped people to live longer and all these and all these good things we've been pounded at the last three, four years, why did they hide the trial data? Why did they try to hide the trial data for 75 years? Wait, isn't the FDA supposed to be a non-political thing? Are they supposed to be influenced by the drug companies? Why wouldn't they just freely, willingly give out the information so we could look at it ourselves? No, they wanted to hide it for seventy-five years. But since the court said nope, you got to give it up. There's been highly credentialed medical researchers, doctors and nurses, pouring over all these documents, and what they're finding are, and I quote, horrible harms, deaths, spontaneous abortions, neurological problems, fainting, heart damage, debilitating muscle pain, debilitating joint pain that were concealed by Pfizer and the FDA from the American people. And there are so many. There's an orthopedic surgeon there. And he says, uh, Dr. Uh, Walskog Orthopedic surgeons in my life has dramatically changed after the first reaction to the vaccine. My career of 19 years that, that took night 14 years to train for is likely over. I'm just not safe to work as an orthopedic surgeon. Assuming the FDA and CDC would be alarmed at my diagnosis. I expect to be contacted soon after reporting it, but there's been no call from Pfizer or the FDA. And, uh, there's a nurse got fired Uh, for not getting the shot. And uh, so suicides by the CDC uh, due to the shot reactions are so severe. People are committing suicide because it is so bad. Now, if this shot were so good, why is it still EUA? That is a big red flag for me right there. EUA, emergency use authorization, which have we had an emergency for the last three years? Why is it still emergency use? Emergency use. Well, it's emergency use because that completely absolve any liability to the drug company, the doctors, the hospitals, the uh, our government from any complications due to the drugs due, due to the vaccine. There is zero liability. So if you have a serious complication like that medical doctor did or you're in severe pain. From uh, or have heart problems, which are not uncommon now. Have you noticed how many famous people have had heart attacks or died? Um, athletes, as well as just famous people. They're not dying from drug overdoses, no. No, like we, okay, if you hear of a 50-year-old dying from a drug overdose, all right, yeah, a famous person, okay, yeah. Yeah, but no, they're dying from heart disease. From heart disease. And that's one of the main complications, main adverse effects of of these vaccines is heart problems. But no, you never want to suggest that this young person, okay, I'm 65, so anybody less than 60 is young, all right? Um, these young people are dying prematurely from heart disease. And do I, does anybody dare ask in the public if the patient was vaccinated or not? The person was vaccinated when they were vaccinated, how many vaccines? No, adverse reactions are real and not rare wow how sad is that and uh we got just those things right there should I, i've never got the covid vaccine i recommend all my friends the people i love don't get it either but it's your decision just be aware if you have complications, side effects it's on you there is nobody you can go you can uh, go to for help because there's no liability say you're you hear that music it's time for a break i got the phone lines are open give me a call i'm dr merkel take two health care we'll be right back after these messages
0: It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7
1: WHI. And we are back. This is Dr. Merkel. It takes you off every Saturday, 11 to noon. If you have some questions about anything health care related, I'd be happy to take those on the air. But we also have that you can contact our office. If you have health problems, we would love to. We'd be honored to help you in your quest for better health and get you tested. Our office number is 937-433-3241. Our website is Take2Healthcare, Take2Healthcare, and there's a lot of great information on there. On the, the sources we provide, there's case studies. Uh, you, we can hear uh, patients talking about um, their conditions, and I'm just looking at some of these things. PEMF, Pulsed Electromagnetic uh, Field Therapy, is a phenomenal tool. Oh my God, I use it uh, virtually every week. If not every week, I'm doing it uh, virtually every week I'm doing this. And the Pulse Electro, it has been, uh, it helps your body to produce stem cells and regenerate tissue, joints, nerves, whatever. Um, it helps the body to regenerate. And uh, so it, a lot of professional athletes use it. They carry these uh, machines with them. They're, they're pretty expensive. But it helps the body to regenerate. I, I think of it like, charging your battery, recharging your battery and we've had people have just some outstanding phenomenal results with that people who's had low back pain, knee pain, joint pain, and even people who's had I, I know this sounds sounds really crazy strokes, uh, MS because this helps the body to regenerate beyond anything. It has been used this has been used for over 40 years, maybe 50 years now and it was first used for non-union fractures. It's been used in the medical field for years for non-union fractures. Those are the worst fractures. Non-union means they weren't healing until they started using this PEMF. And so this PEMF crosses many areas, not just bone. Uh, We've used for people with prostate problems, incontinence, because it helps to restore the connection of those nerves and muscles to have better function. A comment a patient uh, made just a a couple weeks ago, he said, he's like 85 I have better control I just have better control he's not leaking he just has better control of his urination prostate sleeping all that stuff so and it doesn't take long and it's not non-invasive it's not you don't have to take your clothes off uh nothing is inserted up you know up there for the prostate or anything you just sit on the on this little pad and it will penetrate two to three inches because that is the nature of this technology so give ross a call give it a try i always recommend people do it for these 20 hours uh generally within the first two to three weeks because you're gonna you got to get the body moving you got to get the healing energy going to see a result so anyway don't expect to happen overnight but we, but I, I do believe I have not had anybody not have some notable improvement within that period of time. Okay, 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 okay. I'm, I was reading this article here that just kind of blows my mind, uh, that they are saying are find evidence that breast milk uh, of those vaccinated against COVID uh, is, is, is uh, going through the breast milk, and they think it, and, and I quote here, may help protect babies from the illness. It may help protect babies from it. Babies have basically zero risk of dying from COVID. The United States is virtually the only country in the world that is vaccinating people under the age of 20. Most countries abandon and even stop vaccinating such young people, young children, infants. They've stopped doing it because we know, we know that there are. Complications that may arise. Let me let me. This quote keeps coming through my mind, and I and I. I'm not even going to look look uh, look up the full quote, but there's a, in MedPage, oh, a year or so ago, a couple years ago, a doctor wrote that, um, and, I, and I could give you the exact quote, but uh, it was in the in MedPage, and he was talking about how uh, there's been COVID vaccines since 2005, but they never never made it to market because. They caused too many lab animal deaths and infertility. And he talked about the 2014 COVID vaccine caused, and, and, and I like this verb used, and I quote, profound, effective infertility, which is why it never made it to market. Profound, effective infertility because of the way it affects the ovaries and the testes. He said the, these vaccines are going to especially affect the ovaries and testes. And he said the COVID-19 is going to do the same thing. And we're already finding that now. Increased spontaneous abortion up to 90% in some studies. And uh, infertility in the military is at all-time high right now. Because they are required to get vaccinated. All-time high right now. Well, it goes on and uh, in, this, uh, in this study on MedPage. Let's see. It goes on. A new study published in the Journal of uh, Paranatology uh, um, analyzed the stools and found antibodies in the stool as well. Now, the researchers introduced, they they used the antibodies then found in these infants to test whether uh, introduce SARS-CoV-2 pseudovirus, which they say acts like a virus that causes COVID, but I like this. It is safer to use in the lab than regular COVID-19. And so they're going to use a pseudovirus in the lab because they don't want to get exposed to the real COVID virus. But you know something? For infants, it's like a 99.999 survival with COVID. Only, p- only infants, people, children, everybody, anybody that, gets, that dies, has long COVID, has, uh, gets hospitalized, already is sick to begin with. Healthy people don't die from COVID. Healthy people don't die from COVID. You got to get tested because you might have something underlying that you don't know about. And that's why we test people to see where you're at, to optimize your health. Cause you could have some serious problem developing and you don't have any idea because oftentimes symptoms are the last thing you notice. So as I've mentioned for 40 years, 30 years I've been on the radio, y'all ought to be doing a blood test. I'm going to say it, at our clinic, To assess your true state of health, it's the only way to do it. You got to get a blood test. You got to do a hair test, check for toxicities. But a blood test is the gold standard. Now, I know your medical doctor may may do a little test, but a medical doctor, listen closely, can only test what insurance will pay for. If insurance doesn't pay for it, they're not going to do it. And that blood test, the medical doctor might do, might run two or $3,000. There's a test I like to use. we call it the foundational panel that I developed 40 years ago. It's about 50 to 60 different things. It's gonna test liver, kidney function, inflammation, uh, diabetes, lots of factors. And just that test, we had one doctor was charged 5,000, excuse me, his patient was charged $8,000 for that test when done through a medical doctor. If he'd have done it through our clinic, it run about three hundred dollars, yeah, three hundred dollars versus eight thousand, because a medical um, facility is geared toward charging gigantic amounts. They got marble floors, they got they they got, oh my gosh, first class first class everything accommodations. When you come to my clinic, it's a nice, clean clinic, but if you want marble floors and uh, you want uh, you know marble staircases and stuff like that, well, you're not gonna get it. You're gonna get a reasonable, very reasonable price because the prices that I that we charge are ones that I think are reasonable that I would pay for out of pocket. How many medical doctors could pay out of pocket for what they're charging you? No, how many doctors even tell you ahead of time what it's gonna cost? You're, you know everything before before you even get started on ours. Because it, ours is designed and geared toward, toward people paying out-of-pocket. Okay, okay. Uh, now, back to the uh, baby thing. Uh, after all this said and done about how they're looking at antibodies and all this stuff, the medical doctor and, and head of the research says, the next question is where these babies are less likely to get COVID-19, even though they got antibodies. So they got antibodies, but they don't know if that's going to reduce COVID-19 but they still want women to get vaccinated uh, with the thought that the antibodies will go to their baby and protect them. But now we don't know if those antibodies that's going through the breast milk is going to cause infertility in the baby. And how soon will you know if those antibodies from the mother getting a vaccine is going to cause infertility in that infant male or female? When are you going to know if there's, if they are in, if it's going to affect fertility, when will you know? You're not going to know for 20 years, and all the politicians, all the medical doctors who are making getting rich off this right now are going to be long gone. Remember, this is still EUA, which means if your kid is infertile and they need fertility treatments, there is nobody to go after because EUA means there's no liability. And after 20 years, nobody's going to even know it anyway. So this is, this is insane. Okay, oh, we do have, uh, we got Tony here. Let me make sure I got everything on. Let's talk to Tony. Tony, how can we help you today?
2: Uh, Yeah, I was calling about glaucoma. Uh, I was diagnosed with it a few years back, and I bought a vitamin, and I noticed that all of the vitamins... That were in the I vitamin, except for the lutein, was in my 50 plus multiple vitamin. And so I just bought lutein. I'm currently taking uh, 40 milligrams. Uh, and in parentheses, it says contains, I believe it's zeactin.
1: Yeah, yeah, xeanthin, sure. Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: 1,600 MCG, I guess that's micrograms.
1: Yep, and all those are good. Those are more for uh, macular degeneration. Uh, For glaucoma, that is a, a pressure problem in the eye. There's too much pressure in the eye, glaucoma. Correct. Now, those other vitamins you're talking about are good, but those are noted more for macular degeneration and general eye health. For glaucoma, a lot of times it's a pressure problem and it is associated with a whole system the whole body has problems it's a vascular problem vascular uh,
2: taking uh, eye drops twice a day to relieve uh, or to prevent the
1: pressure problems right right but there's something internal this is where this is where if you if you're in my office I'd do a blood test and see what is out of balance Because your body is healthy, your eyes would be healthy, and you wouldn't have glaucoma.
2: Yeah, I don't take any uh, drugs by mouth or anything.
1: Okay. And I'm 78. You're 68? 78. You're 78? That's very good. That's very good. And uh, you heard my mom's 92, and she doesn't even have glaucoma. But she does take vitamins, and we've tested her regularly to make sure that she's where she is. And just a little, how's your vitamin D level? Vitamin D is very critical for health. How's your beta carotene, and how's your liver function, your kidney function going? Um, How's your vascular system running? Do you have any edema in your ankles?
2: Vitamin D is right on power.
1: Which means what?
2: Well, according to the... Um, sheet that I got from the blood test, it's uh, what, what they consider
1: normal. Yeah, normal. Which is right up, Which is too low. Right look, look at your numbers. It should be closer to eighty. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. They're, the numbers they've got are way too low.
2: Well, currently, yeah. I'm taking uh, five thousand.
1: 5,000 IU a day of vitamin D, that's good. But if it's not increasing your vitamin D close to 80 level, you're probably too low. You hear that 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 uh, sound, Tony? we got to take a break. Thanks for calling. We'll be right back. After these matches, everyone, I'm Dr. Merkel.
0: It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.
1: And we're ready to go. This is Dr. Merkel on Take talk every Saturday, 11 at noon. It's great to be with you. One thing I want to want to talk about just a minute here is lab ranges, which is what our previous caller <clears throat> was trying to explain. Before we were rudely interrupted with a commercial break, um, the uh, medical profession has lab ranges based on what are they based on? They're based on population averages. <clears throat> population averages and. Now, I've been doing lab work for 40 years, so I actually have documentation of what I'm going to tell you next. Lab ranges have changed dramatically, some significantly over the years. Let's pick a blood test, just say a blood test, uh, blood test X. Uh, 40 years ago, I had a range of 10 to 50. When your number is under 10, you'd be low. If it's over 50, it'd be high. And when I'm lecturing to doctors, I try and explain, does that mean you're healthy at 11 or 12 or 48 or 49? No, you just haven't gone over that, that arbitrary cliff that is based on population averages. Now, that range was 10 to 50 40 years ago. Today, that same lab test may have, an op, may have a clinical range of five and up to 65 So 40 years ago, is 10 to 50, and now it's down to 5 and up to 65. Now, why did it change so much? Because it's based on population averages. So what does that tell us about our population? Is our population healthier now? If the range was 10 to 50 40 years ago, and now it's down to 5 and up to 65? Oh, yeah. You new uh, med students, nurses out there, you have no idea what, what our labs were like. Let me give you one. The said rate is an indication of inflammation. Truly, 40 years ago, the lab range for inflammation was less than 8. Less than 8. Now, it's less than 20. And in some labs I see around the country, it's less than 35. Now, if 40 years ago, your range was, if you were above 8, you'd say, oh, red flags and everything else, you got inflammation, well, now you have to be, in some cases, over 35 for it to be red flag that you have inflammation. Most times it's over 20, which means it's what? Over two and a half times more inflammation before it's diagnosed today? That's way it is with so many labs that the doctors today have no clue. The nurses, you med students have no idea what the labs were like 40 years ago because they're not teaching it. I know because I've been doing labs that long and I have documentation of it. These labs are based on, on population averages. So vitamin D, I was just looking it up online, 20 is considered low. Medically, considered low. And there may be some labs that go, okay, 40 are low. But these are only levels, it's like vitamin C is a simple one. You're low in vitamin C if you have scurvy. So the level to be considered low in vitamin C is just barely above scurvy level. So suppose you get a vitamin C level that's twenty, uh, but nineteen is scurvy. And so they may say, okay, as long as you're above twenty, your vitamin C level is good. Anybody want to be at the uh, at the just above scurvy level or just above? The uh, whatever, whatever disease you want to call kidney disease. Kidney ones are terrible. They have changed dramatically over the years. Uh, Liver enzymes and things like that, that I have, I've been teaching laboratory analysis for just about 30 years. And so I'm probably one of the few people in the country, if not the world, who know what the labs have done in the last many years. And they've all gotten worse to correlate with how sick our country is. And, it, and it, it validates it because our country is like 20th in longevity. We're like 20th in infant mortality. So You listen to me every Saturday, 11 to noon. It's great to be with you. And like I say every Saturday, do something today to be healthier than you were yesterday. Take a walk. Call a friend. Pray for a country. And by the way, go to church tomorrow.
0: I'm Dr. Merkel. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO.